Hi, my name's Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. We had a plan. We would both be secure in our careers, and we would both complete our master's degrees, and then we would start the process to have kids. It was all fine and good in the abstract, but in reality, our jobs were good, Matt was done with his master's, and I was coming up on my graduation. Things were about to get real. We began really focusing on if this was the path for us. We would go to our local amusement park and play a game. One point for seeing something that made us want to have kids, like a child laughing on a ride or being polite in line or something. We would subtract a point for something that made us question this path. A typical amusement park tantrum or a teenager being disrespectful or something. We would keep a running tally and most of the time, having kids would win the day. About a month before my master's graduation, we went to a party and met an older couple that embodied the demographic that makes most gay couples such gold mines for marketers. They were dinks. Dual income no kids. We often thought, if we don't have children, what do our older years look like? Who comes home for the holidays? How do we fill our time? Well, this couple answered that question. I asked if they had any big plans for the summer. They said that a band that they like is having a rare concert, so they're going to go see them play. I feigned excitement, thinking that this was a little small potatoes, and I asked where the concert was. I, of course, expected one of our local venues, but they replied, Spain. They were going to Spain for a concert. This is what older couples with no kids did. Further conversation revealed that this was their jam. They pick up at a moment's notice and go anywhere they want in the world. My mind was spinning. That sounds like a pretty hot way to spend our later years. Maybe there's a real challenger to having kids here. Still on the fence, the day after my graduation party, we went to a foster-to-adopt orientation that our county put on. I was so nervous. Everyone else seemed so nervous, too. There were some young couples, some older couples, some single individuals. We were the only gay couple. The two social workers started their presentation, and they did not hold back. They don't sugarcoat anything. They know that this is a long, arduous process filled with challenges, so they present it like that. If you aren't up for that... This isn't for you. Every child is in foster care for a reason, primarily because of neglect or abuse or of some nature. They have dealt with trauma and there's no clean story. We had a social worker tell us that she's had calls saying something to the effect of, do you have any piano virtuosos available? I'm a trained piano teacher and if there are any kids with any raw talent, I can probably take them to the next level. When you're devising your placement profile, you're asked hundreds of questions about children. Piano virtuoso is not one of those questions. If that's what you're expecting, this is not for you. While the orientation seems designed to make you afraid of the process, for us it only strengthened our resolve. They painted a picture of children in need of love, and we had a lot of love to give. I wasn't thinking about concerts in Spain anymore. We left the orientation ready to go all in. We signed up for the first part of the process, 10 parenting classes set to start in a couple of months to be licensed for foster care by the county. 
We would not end up taking those classes, though. Because I subscribed to a podcast that altered our path and provided us with the tools to make the most important decision we made in this process. County versus agency. This is the first of what will be many love letters to the Foster Parenting Podcast. Tim and Wendy detail their adoption process in over uh, 100 incredible episodes that illustrate the nuts and bolts of what it's like to adopt children from foster care. Their experiences have been in my head throughout our entire process. I stand on their shoulders in trying to further their hard work of encouraging people to adopt children from foster care. They are amazing. Please, please, please check them out. Foster Parenting Podcast. In one of the first episodes, they talk about going to pick up the girls that they would eventually adopt at the county facility for an overnight visit. There's some kind of problem with the paperwork and they aren't allowed to pick up the girls. It's the weekend, so they can't contact their county social worker. If they were licensed directly through the county, they would have had to wait until Monday to have the paperwork problem solved, which means they wouldn't have been able to have their scheduled overnight visit with the girls. Instead, they were with the Foster Family Agency, or FFA as I'll refer to it. They called their agency social worker, and everything was fixed, and they were able to pick up their girls within 20 minutes. I came home and played the episode for Matt, and we took a step back in realizing that going through the county and going through an agency would provide very different experiences. Serendipitously, I received an email from a local agency the next day. I previously had filled out an inquiry at Raise a Child, which is a great organization. You should definitely check them out. I'll put the link at fosteradoption.org. They referred our inquiry to this agency, and I sent a list of questions to both the county and the agency. I was expecting it to be kind of a battle between like used car dealers where they both would talk trash about the other and tell me why they were the best. It was not like that at all. They both had very similar answers to everything and they were all very positive. They presented the facts and they leave it up to you as which path is better for your family. Here's the deal. When you go with county, you become a licensed foster home and you deal only directly with the county. When you have children in your home, your county social worker will visit once a month, and you will address any questions you ever have to your county worker. When you go with a foster family agency, you are certified as a foster home under the license of the agency. This means that they are much more involved because since you are operating under their license, they need to make sure that you are following all of the rules. You will still have your county social worker visit once a month, but you will also have a visit with your agency social worker once a week. Having another social worker come to your house once a week may be too much for some people. So if you don't like that much attention, then the county may be the best for you. But for us, we craved additional support. There are a lot of parts of this process that are difficult to navigate, so having someone to hold our hand was very appealing. I am sure that there are many people who are perfectly happy going directly with the county. But for us, the agency was the best decision we made in this entire process. We have questions. Lots of them. An annoyingly high amount of questions. So when we scheduled our orientation with our agency, we were excited that instead of sitting in a conference room with lots of other people, the agency worker came to our home to meet with us directly and answer all of our extensive annoying questions. 
I will detail the certification process next week, but the gist is that our agency helped us through each step of becoming certified. They looked out for us as we waited for our placement, and when we got our boys, we were constantly reminded of how happy we were to be with our agency. County social workers. Everyone has different county social worker experiences. There are a lot of stereotypes about county social workers being difficult to get a hold of. I've heard a lot of workers who defy this stereotype. Our worker reinforced it, at least at first. For the first month of our time with the boys, it was extremely difficult to get a hold of our worker, and even harder to get answers out of them. If we didn't have our agency worker to answer questions, we might have lost our minds. We since have developed a good system of communicating with our county social worker, and we know what questions should be directed to them and what questions are better for our agency worker. But at the time, it was infuriating. We weren't in possession of vital placement paperwork that we needed to proceed on basically everything. To us, this was the paperwork that proved that we were supposed to have these children in our care, and it was a huge deal that we didn't have it. I couldn't understand why the county was so blasé about it. Then, we didn't have educational rights, and we couldn't get much-needed services for the boys because of it. And again, there was very little urgency from the county. I couldn't understand why they didn't seem to care about something that consumed the top of our priority list. Each time we had our monthly visit with our county worker, I understood a little bit better. When she would talk generally about other past cases, we realized that because our boys were thriving in a safe home... We were extremely low on the county workers' priority list. County workers have lots of children on their caseload. We've heard reports between 20 to 40 children. Sadly, there are many children in the foster care system who are still trying to get placed in a home and others who are just dealing with really pressing challenges that need immediate attention. I have a lot of empathy for county social workers, and I now understand why it's sometimes difficult to get a hold of them. That said... It was so, so great to have our agency worker with us because we were high on their priority list. They have a much smaller caseload. We had instantaneous communication availability with them. We can call or text or email our agency worker or her supervisor and receive an answer within an hour virtually, anytime, day or night. They helped us navigate the placement process, birth parent visits, court visits, lawyer communication, and all kinds of other new, scary experiences. We also have been able to build a community with other families through the agency, and our boys have close friends who are going through very similar circumstances, something I'm not sure would have been possible if we went directly through the county. One of our favorite aspects of our agency is that our worker really got to know our boys and was able to build a trusting, positive relationship with them. Children who are detained often have a naturally antagonistic relationship with social workers, understandably so, but our boys were able to really trust and like our agency worker because they see her every week. This is also important because the agency submits reports to the county and sometimes those reports help inform court documents and recommendations. Sometimes it's hard for county workers to form well-rounded opinions on the child's well-being from one short monthly visit, so those reports from the agency worker really come in handy. So you may be hearing all of this and think that an agency sounds great, but how am I going to afford that type of personalized service? Well, counter to logic, the agency doesn't cost you anything. 
And in fact, the financial reimbursement you receive each month is higher with an agency than with the county. The agencies are paid by the county because they take a lot of the workload off of the county. It doesn't cost you anything. So if you decide to go with a foster family agency, there are some things that you will want to consider in making the right choice. First is the personality of the agency. There are agencies that cater to different communities. Tim and Wendy from the Foster Parenting Podcast uh, talked glowingly about their agency, in part because it specialized in dealing with lots of people of faith, which worked out really well for them. Our agency works with a wide spectrum of families, from older couples to younger couples to single individuals, but their openness and cultural competency attracts a lot of LGBT families as well, which made us feel very comfortable. Second is geography. This reason is twofold. At first, if the agency is licensed in multiple counties, that means you could receive a placement from those counties. Our agency is licensed in two counties, so our boys are actually from a different county than where we live. The other reason why geography is important is that the agency is where you are going to be going for your initial certification training and your further trainings, and it may be where you have birth parent visits and therapy and other services. You want to make sure that this is in a place that you don't mind driving to frequently. The next thing you need to consider is what kind of services are offered by the agency. Many agencies offer in-house therapy and wraparound services, and many have support groups and adoption groups for you to build in a community. In the county versus agency debate, the personalized attention from the agency proved to be the best option for our family. Here's the thing, though. The bottom line is that even though the agency provides a lot of attention and resources, they make it very clear that they are technically not an advocate for you. They're an advocate for the children. Every social worker in the process is there for the children to make sure that they're taken care of, which is great and important and obviously the best decision. Point being is that from moment one of this process, you need to learn how to become a self-advocate. You should use your agency and the county as resources, but ultimately these are your children and you need to use every resource available to advocate for them to get what they need. I understand that other parties in the situation may have more pressing concerns, but that shouldn't diminish our kids' needs. So at every step, we've done our own research and our own legwork to make sure that the boys have everything that they need in school, in court, in life. So if you have any experiences with the county or with your agency, we would love to hear them. Leave a comment or question at fosteradoption.org or on our Facebook page. Also, if you enjoyed this episode or the last episode, please rate the podcast on iTunes so more people can find us. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Mm-hmm.